welcome back to the Heads in the Game podcast. Um, the international break is over. Deadline day, domestic deadline day was today. So there's a few more deals across the line. And we've got a fantastic slate of Premier League games this weekend that we will preview coming later in this episode. Starting off, though, we just had two weeks of international games, friendlies, Euro qualifiers, Nation League games in Europe, across the world, World Cup qualifiers in South America. But I think what most people are going to remember from these past two weeks is that Europe has had a incredible rate of coronavirus cases increasing. They've passed the United States, uh, places like England, the Netherlands are experiencing various forms of lockdown. Madrid is locked down, Naples. And at the same time, professional footballers are flying across the continent and across the world in some cases to play in Nations League games. And I think we all knew that people were going to get coronavirus. But Cristiano Ronaldo testing positive is, I think, a sign that, I mean, it's not like no one is safe, but the fact that, like, I think that's easily the biggest, probably celebrity name to get it outside of like, you know, Donald Trump uh, recently. So, I mean, first things first, I think the question has to be asked, should these games have been played? Uh, what, uh, especially with a super crowded fixture schedule already? And, you know, what do we make of that? So we've got Turner on as always. So Turner, I know you want to talk about this. What was your read on these games being played in such a unprecedented time and such a dangerous time, to be honest? Yeah, I mean, I think the, my first point is to distinguish that there were games that needed to be played and mattered, mm-hmm. right? There were actual uh, Euro qualifying games that were exciting, uh, not necessarily the highest level of football being played in some of them, but uh, the games that meant a lot. Um, but then the, the Nations League has essentially been, uh, I mean, talk about glorified friendly. It's essentially a, it's just a reason for uh, to send international uh, teams against each other. And I understand with uh, the Euros being pushed back, um, the the reason some of these international games are confusing because I think right, correct me if I'm wrong, Charles, but if everything was normal right now, there'd be World Cup qualifying games yeah. around this time. I think right because yeah. of that being I mean also because like year. the I don't Euro know how that's gonna work out. How yeah. are they not doing that yet? Uh, but point is, games that do not need to be played, and especially with the climate right now, um, having for having players. Uh, you know, fly to different parts of the world um, and come into contact with players uh, from all around the world just doesn't seem like a smart idea. Uh, we saw this with Ronaldo. We saw this with um, Kieran Tierney uh, was exposed to a fellow Scottish teammate uh, who tested positive. So he's been in lockdown in Ireland or in Scotland for the past two weeks and not been let back. That's, I mean, that of course that made me uh, furious because we, I hope he plays for against Man City, but point is there's no way you can control if it already like my my thing is it it feels like especially with what we've seen and in the u.s with uh outbreaks in the nfl in the nba in the mlb um it seems like a miracle that uh the premier league has seemingly gone uh you know kind of uninfected without other than like Mane's uh covid test and a few other ones um tiago true 
So I get there's been a few, but it, it feels like no team has really gotten like hit super super hard. And so why would you jeopardize that with these international games that just don't seemingly don't matter? Uh, and that's really the main question. I you know again doesn't seem like there's not like a, an entire national team has gotten sick, but uh, the fact that there are players, especially of Ronaldo's uh, pedigree and 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 you know standing internationally, who are getting who are getting who are testing positive. So. I don't know. I, it just doesn't seem. I I I don't understand. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make. Yeah, and I think it's also. I mean, what we're seeing in Italy is. I don't know if you caught this, but Napoli and Juventus were supposed yeah. to be the big game, and Napoli were restricted from leaving Naples from the city government due to some coronavirus outbreaks within the team. And the Italian Football Federation just said, "Yeah, it sucks to be you." Juventus showed up to the game. Napoli did it. Juventus got a 3-0 win, and Napoli got a one-point deduction. So, yeah. So, I'm, yeah. Well, well, I didn't understand the deduction. Can you explain that? The, so, actually, for not showing up to the game. <laughs> yeah. So, it's also, like, Napoli is not – Napoli is a little, like, not exactly blameless in this. Like, they were – they did pull out before they were supposed to be stopped. But I feel like the way we're approaching this is so wrong. I mean, there is a pandemic that has been raging across the world for the better part of a year. And the response is now like, you know, we've seen it in the United States the entire time is just to pretend it doesn't exist. Um, But at the same time, we're having discussions, you know, in France, they had fans back in like May, like, like, you know, separated out. And then everyone was like, oh yeah, we're doing great. Like France is doing perfect. Like I was one of them looking at the EU, like they're doing much better than the United States. And What's happened now is, you know, people get relaxed. People yeah. don't follow the restrictions anymore. And, you know, that happens on the personal level. So, obviously, the people that I, like, were most worried about are not the soccer players. Like, you know, this is really bad for societies. This is really bad for elderly people. This is very bad for people with pre-existing conditions. But at the same time, you know, sport is often a way that functioning societies articulate, like, show their functioning. Like, it is a sign of normality and by playing football like everything is normal by having people you know play these friendlies play these nation league games i think it gives people you know people are going to the bars people are pretending like everything is normal and it's very much not i will say i do got to defend the nations league a little bit in non-coronavirus times i think it's a great idea uh you know the tiered league system because it means that you know san marino gets to get a point away at Liechtenstein. Like they actually get to play teams that are on their level instead of just getting battered True. every time. It means we get Italy, Netherlands. It means we get, you know, Germany, Spain. I, you know, in an ideal world, those games are great. But I totally agree with you. Now it just feels like, why are we, like, A, why are we, even on a basic level, why are we risking injury in a world in which, you know, like to pick Tottenham, for example, Tottenham have been playing three games a week for the past month before the pain like since the season started between Europa League League Cup and Premier League and then they go and much to Josie Mourinho's dismay Harry Kane is starting for England again so I mean and then past that the coronavirus issues um I mean pretty shocking really I mean and it's like I think we all knew it was going to happen but Ronaldo to get it, you know, Weston McKinney now has it on Juventus, but he didn't even go to an international game. So it seems yeah. that there's some outbreak within Juventus. So, yeah, 
Yeah. And there's Champions League on Tuesday and Wednesday. Like, yeah, Jesus Christ. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, um, yeah. I do have to give a quick shout out, though, to uh, my boys in blue and yellow, uh, Siankov, uh, with, the one, with the finish in the 76th minute. That was sweet. Uh, Ukrainian Twitter. Went wild uh, and went your only shot on target. And De Gea, I mean, what was De Gea doing? Uh, but you know, the the, the, the boys they from need I Kepa. They need Kepa yeah, in yeah, they need Kepa, Exactly, exactly. Who uh, who killed it against Ronaldo? Actually, speak of the devil. Anyway, um, yeah, that'll that 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 was the one shining light. And uh, good luck to Macedonia against Georgia uh, in the in the playoffs. I hope Macedonia make it. That would be pretty big oh, yeah. for Play, the Southern Bombers. For those who weren't watching, the Euro qualifier games were actually really good. I mean, yeah, there were a lot true. of penalty shootouts, but they were pretty good. I mean, Serbia, yeah. uh, Norway, very fun. Norwich Savage was insane. insane. That chip, insane. That, that chip, chip dude. oh my God. Well, what was the goalie doing, though? Oh, who, was, uh, who was the goalie? I feel like it was against Norway, wasn't it? Yeah, like uh, Norsk or something. Was it Jarstein, I think? Jarstein, he might play. Yeah. I think he plays in the Bundesliga. Anyway, I was just like, it looked like slow-mo. <laughs> just like, yeah, dude, but just what a what a finish! No, Savic is, and of course he comes off the bench. That was what was so pro- surprising. That starting Serbia team was really weird. Anyway, um, yeah, Jarstein, yeah, you're right, you're right. Some some somewhat uh, uneventful, um, but eventful and uneventful. I mean, the, the big talking point in England right now is that Maguire uh, got sent off uh, in England's matchup against uh, geez, Denmark. Denmark, yeah, uh, and. Chaz, what do you think? The, the big thing is whether, man, you should uh, give him a break. He's got too much mental. He, he's, been, he's been performing poorly. What do you, how, do you, how would you deal with Maguire's situation right now if you're Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, especially I mean, a manager in pressure? I mean, it's really tough. Like, the dude is obviously shaken. And I, I was watching, you know, <laughs> a Roy Keane interview on the subject. So, okay. obviously not some dude who's going to be, you know, take it easy on him. But he was yeah. actually, like, pretty impressively – considerate in my opinion and I think his main point was this it would be an entirely different situation if he was going back into a team that was stable that had like positive mentality rather than a team under pressure in a state of chaos because yeah it's like I feel like look I understand that we're talking about people that are getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a week to kick a ball but at the same time the amount of public just vitriol on especially that social media has created against these players like that's just got to be just like ter- like no one should have to deal with that so i mean in my view like honestly i don't think i would start him next game uh yeah i, I would bring him back into the team i would publicly back him i would say you know he's you know a captain he's you know our center back he's a guy that's gonna captain Life on her line. Yeah. Captain of the team, dude. You can't. Yeah. And away at Newcastle, a place where last year uh, the Longstaff brothers ran them right. You mean Uh, mean Xavi and Iniesta every time they play against United? I misspoke. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it'll be be interesting. If anything, not that I want (laughs) to throw this guy back in it, but it reminds me a lot of Louise and his, his consistent mistakes. But I, Louise seemingly he didn't get dropped. Arteta wouldn't wouldn't necessarily drop him in the big games, and he made up for it in in a, in a few of those FA Cup games. I don't know. I I yeah. I think it's two different scenarios. I think David but, Luiz also is like throughout his career has shown remarkable like mental resolve through like there's been a series of like pretty terrible setbacks. You know, 
the Brazil 7-1, what happened at PSG to come back into Chelsea, fight for a spot, new system, True. show it, and then bounce back pretty well for uh, Arsenal. Harry Maguire. And to your point, yeah. And to your point, Arteta or the the Arsenal team that he was, he was the kind of lone man out in a few of the situations, and yep. the team that was on the rise. While this Man U team does does look in shambles. I don't like saying this. I I know you you probably remember that I did have Man U. <laughs> I I might even said second, dude. So I I my 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 uh my predictions are are out of the books. But I think that's a good tie into what's going to be uh, I've, a weekend I've looked forward to uh, for the past two weeks, uh, to say the least. Um, maybe not with our Arsenal's actual matchup, but let's start 7.30 a.m. for our time. The Merseyside Derby. Charles, what are you thinking? Is, this, is Everton going to show what they're really made of? Oh, I am so excited for this one. I mean, first of all, Everton have had a perfect start to the season. They've looked, I mean, so great. Uh, and they've got the inform Calvert Lewin. They've got the inform Hamas. Um, they've got a midfield that can actually hang. Still, on paper, they are definitely the weaker team in this matchup. But I think it's going to be pretty interesting because you know it's important to remember what happened in Liverpool's last game out, getting thrashed by Aston Villa. I'm sure they are looking to bounce back from that. At I really hope this is a phenomenal game. I think Ancelotti and Klopp are going to, you know, Ancelotti is not someone that has a very resolute tactical structure. You know, Klopp definitely have his, has his tactical identity. Wherever he goes, his teams play away. It adapts to the players, but it's that system first. Whereas Ancelotti throughout his career has always changed his system to the players that he has. You know, what he did at Chelsea yeah. was very different to what he did at AC Milan, which is different to what he does now. At the same time, though, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of – there's obviously going to be a lot of pressing in this game. There's going to be, you know, opportunities for Everton to get behind uh, Liverpool's high line if they keep it as high as they've been playing. So I I really think Everton have got a great shot. I mean, I think Calvert-Lewin is the most informed – like, if one of, if not the most informed player in the Premier League right now. Yeah. Um, They've got a team that's full of confidence and that most of all, is so hungry to beat Liverpool. You know, I, but, and the last thing I'll say on this is, oh my God, I wish there were fans at this one. I know we say that a lot. I know we say that a lot, but, oh, oh my. Like, this would have been such an incredible moment at Goodison Park. The, uh, you know, the Toffee faithful, they've had so many years of being in Liverpool's shadow, and they undoubtedly have been in the past few years, especially. But yeah. to come out there as maybe not favorites, but definitely as competitors with the respect of both would be an incredible thing to see. So what are you expecting from this game, Turner? It's so hard to predict. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say, my, the first thing I was going to say was just that it's such a bummer to not see Goodison uh, with the full backing uh, and, and having fans there. Uh, what a moment for Everton fans after – I mean, every season, us predicting them in a top eight finish and then just looking awful, especially after the money they spent. Um, so, I don't know. I just feel like Ancelotti's too good for Liverpool to destroy them. Like, the idea that Liverpool are just going to, like, Everton mm-hmm. have played no real opponent except, I guess, Spurs in the beginning, which they played well against. But, uh, like, the idea that Everton's just going to – or that Liverpool are just going to smash them, I just don't – I can't see that happening. Um 
but I believe Mane and Thiago are back, correct? Uh, which I is is big. Yeah, it's really big. Um, and we Mane, Mane definitely is. So I think Mane is definitely in. And I think that was a big miss at Villa. Um, yeah. And Thiago, uh, we haven't truly seen him start and 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 play a full ninety. So that will inevitably affect the game. But I don't see why Richarlison uh, and uh, and what's his name and uh, Calvert Lewin can't do the same things that Watkins and Grealish uh, were doing. And and if Liverpool continue to play a high line, so I I don't know. I would say I feel like it's going to be like. 3-2, either Everton or Liverpool. That would be my prediction. A lot of goals because I, I, I don't trust – I still don't trust Mina and Keane. And I think Van Dijk and, and Gomez have shown that they are they are uh, not reliable. So, not at all. Not at all. I mean – What I, would you I, say? I, score. Well, if you had to – I know. I know. Um, you know, honestly, I, I hate to be the – actually, no. I'm going to say, like, 2-1 Everton. There we go. There I, we I go. can't pick Liverpool in this one. There I can't give them go. that credit. There we go. That's what I want. I mean, I want Everton to win this game so badly. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. yeah. So then, I mean, we – the day, maybe it doesn't get better from there, but it certainly doesn't get worse. I mean, the next game, uh, Chelsea-Southampton. Obviously, Southampton have looked not great this season. They started off terribly, recovered a little bit well. I mean, I'm dude. I'm nervous. I'm always nervous with this team, man. <laughs> this team's terrifying. I hate playing Southampton. I hate it so much. And not only do I hate playing Southampton, this Chelsea team is like terrific for the nerves. They're just like every time you they come out there, it's you know because they're such they're in this such weird phase of like they're like half like big money huge signings and then half of like random players cobbled together so like there's no defensive formation that works out yet you know the double pivots with I guess you know I think the one that's worked best honestly is Jorginho and Conte uh but like I just don't like playing Jorginho um but thankfully it does look like Pulisic is fit yeah and Ziyech right it does look like Ziyech is fit. Um, actually, I actually think Ziyech might not be fit. Like, okay. he, he might be like one game away from being fit. Um, Tiago Silva is out. Mendy is out. Uh, yeah, the Mendy. I, 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 I think Ziyech might – I think I read that Ziyech is uh, going to come off the bench if he plays. Yeah, okay. the Mendy one, like – Kepa redemption class again. It's so weird watching Spain play sometimes because Kepa is so clearly much better for Spain than he is for Man U. I mean, than for Chelsea. And De Gea is always worse for Spain than he is for Man U. Um, so, I mean, like, on paper, Chelsea should definitely win this game. Uh, and I'm very excited for Pulisic, Havertz, and Warner to be playing together. Like, that's yeah. what I've been looking forward to all year. I hope Mount is in the midfield if he plays. I mean, he will play because he's, you know, Frank Lampard's golden boy. But I hope he's in the midfield, not more elevated, because I think he's a demonstrably better player, uh, a little deeper. Um, But at the same time, you know, for a defense that is anything but secure, um, 
Danny Ings is a terrifying player to play against. He's always in form. He fits this team perfectly. Um, Kuzin Hotel seems to know him well. Um, and, I mean, I'm nervous, but I, I think Chelsea are going to win. I think it's going to be 3-1 Chelsea. I, I don't think they're going to keep a clean sheet, but I think they're going to walk away with it. Yeah, I, I definitely – I think a lot uh, – you know, uh, especially for rival fans, the amount of money you guys spent, uh, it was all – it's, you know, I think inevitably when it doesn't click immediately, uh, it gets us excited because there is this pressure on the new boys to really show up. And there was that on Pulisic, but he's clearly proved that he is, he is worth – I would, uh, wouldn't have said $70 million, but if you had said 50 I probably would have said it was a steal. Do you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. one of those. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Pulisic uh, will be dangerous, uh, especially with Warner feeling, at least from the Chelsea games I've watched, like – He's been playing Pulisic's role as just the fast on the. He's been mostly playing on the left, right? Yeah. Um, he played so, last game with Tammy in the middle, uh, yeah. Warner on the left, which worked really well. I mean, Tammy's link-up play was phenomenal against Barnsley, but <laughs> in the Premier League, not great. That doesn't yeah. look great. Yeah, I expect Chelsea to win. Southampton are always one of those teams that can can show up, and they are on two wins in the Premier League. But I think against Burnley and West West Brom, so nothing nothing too exciting. Um, so yeah, I, I don't expect anything but a Chelsea win, unfortunately. As much as I'd like to call an upset, but the next one is definitely the one that you know uh, <laughs> we're not we don't have any easy games until December. So uh, it just kind of every weekend is going to be me being nervous. Man City Arsenal, though, historically, just like the Liverpool game two weeks or three weeks ago or whatever, is one that we've I've never been confident in. I still am not confident in us, even though apparent like listening to uh, others speak on this matchup, it's the time to play City, apparently. Uh, they played uh, – I mean, they played well against Leeds. Leeds just had a great 30, last 30 minutes. Um, but they still had, like, 27 shots. Uh, and the Leicester game – the Leicester game I don't like because I it was three penalties. And if you looked at all three of the penalties, they just were all kind of soft. I don't know. I, I Vardy was just kind of brilliant in, in two of them at least uh, to, just, to just make those runs. I don't know. I, Leicester deserved a win, but 5-2, I don't think so. Should, probably should have been 3-2. Anyway – City are supposed to be uh, at their most vulnerable. De Bruyne is out, um, yeah. but I believe I think that's got to be the that's headline. big. But I believe Aguero is back, uh, which is big because City haven't had a striker. Azus has been out. Uh, no one's been putting the ball in the back of the net. So, you know, it's like one in, one out. De Bruyne is a big out, but Aguero is a big in. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about arguably the greatest striker in Premier League history. So. I don't know how it's going to go. It's at the Etihad, which is nice just because there aren't any fans there. But, like, uh, like they're a big if for our team. You know, if Tierney's able to play, that's a big, big if. Um, statistically, I think we're 60% likely to win a game if Tierney's starting and 40% likely uh, to win a game if he's not. Like, so – that, and, and, and you see that. He's such an integral part of this team. Um, and uh, party – I will, I don't, there's no way he starts. He joined uh, training on Thursday, but um, if he, even if he subs in, I think he can make some impact. I'd, I'd like to predict a tie, but I, I'm, I'm probably just going to go with another either two, one city or three, two city. Um, but the big question is that the, I didn't watch the, the Leeds game, but I didn't realize Diaz played in that. I forgot that yeah. they signed him early enough for him to play in that Leeds matchup. 
Um, City fans have been saying he, he played really well in that game. Uh, I don't know how he's going to affect their defense, um, but we'll see. I, I just think it's two teams that don't really know as to what to expect from because, of course, Arsenal fans will point to the FA Cup uh, win. But uh, if you look at our Premier League past, I mean, we haven't, the last time we beat a top six team away was City in 2015. So, um, yeah, that's that kind of tells, says it all. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's City are in a very interesting position this season because I think it's going to be interesting to see what Pep does coming out of an international break without De Bruyne. Uh, because honestly, offensively this season they've looked like bad. Uh, they've looked one dimensional. They, I don't know if you watched the, Le- I mean, I don't know you didn't watch the Leeds game, but yeah. Uh, the Leeds game, it seemed like they, you pass it to winger, cut in, take shot, repeat, in a way that, you know, you're not really used to Pep's teams being so one-dimensional in the attack. Yeah. You know, you're used to the fluidity. You're used to the, you know, overlaps. You're used to it all. And I think they're really struggling with developing a David Silva-less yeah. uh, identity. I think they're uh, – obviously the absence of Jesus and Aguero were huge. Um, you know, they don't want to be playing a game where they're starting um, no uh, out-and-out striker. Um, yeah. So I think, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see how Aguero comes back from injury. If he comes back and is the Aguero that we all know, um, that can be sort of, I mean, very tough to handle. Um, yeah. But I think it's going to be a great game. And I, I'm really interested to see what Arsenal do. I, I think – you know, Arsenal have the potential to be able to hit them on the counterattack. There are, you know, this is a game that I think Aubameyang is made for in some aspects. His ability to generate chances, his ability to go down the wing. But he's not looked good, to be fair. Yeah. I yeah. will say in the past three games, since the Fulham game, he has been somewhat quiet. Um, and, and against bad teams, too. Sheffield and West Ham, he was very quiet. And so I, that is something that, you know, Arsenal fans will never – uh, talk trash about him and not that he deserves to be spoken badly about, but I need to need to say, uh, correctly so. He's been he's been quiet, and I hope Lacazette starts because he's been actually our, our arguably our best uh attacking player this season. So it'll be crazy, dude. It'll be it'll be I don't know, it'll be I can't even imagine, I don't even know what to expect from Party. I think that's uh, I, I, I don't know what the expectations on him are. Um, I'm incredibly excited that we got him through but i mean throwing him in at city just seems like i don't know dude especially as a sub like i just don't want it to be the situation that we saw palace man U or palace were up 2-0 and you just they keep cutting to van, uh, van van de beek or whatever on the bench just looking like oh no what, <laughs> what have i done and then and then full try put him in and i guess he scored so you know, maybe that's a good start. I don't know. I just, uh, you know, you know. Just yeah. I mean, it's always a tough question how to integrate new players. Like, when are they ready? And it's also weird because you sign them, and then they have two weeks. Uh, I, I Did Africa play games? Yeah. Uh, I, I forget for what. Uh, but, yeah, Ghana played Mali, and they played Qatar. <laughs> they lost 3-0 to Mali, which – uh, it's not great. And they beat Qatar 5-1. And I think Party had two or three assists, which is great. But, I mean, again, it's, it's the, the opponents aren't too, uh, too testing. Um, yeah, but, yeah, he was on international break. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I, like, uh, yeah. 
because this is a big stretch. If we can get a few wins, if we could, if we could beat City and maybe uh, beat United because we play United in two weeks too. I mean, I don't know. I I just think this team is either like incredibly overrated or incredibly underrated. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Again, it's another seventh place or even like dare I say third. Like that's mm-hmm. how I'm looking, especially with how teams have started. That's how this Arsenal team is in my eyes. Um, and uh, yeah, so. And I do that. I do that all the time because I always <laughs> try to uh, back my or you know make sure I I, I don't I don't overrate uh, my team. But but we, we could be we could be looking at some good results. Um, but next one, Man U Newcastle at Newcastle. What are you saying, Chaz? Can Man U make make? I mean, it weirdly, come yeah, this is an interesting one because Newcastle in the past has sort of been a bogey team for United, especially under Solskjaer, like. I mean, we talked about, we made a joke about the long staffs earlier, but it's true. It's like, you know, I think Maddie has two Premier League goals in his career and both of them are against Manchester United. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think Newcastle, I, they made the right moves this summer um, for not spending like a huge amount of money. You know, obviously they're not owned by Saudi Arabia. Uh, mm. So that sort of limits their finances a little bit. Um, but, I mean, Callum Wilson looks like a great deal. Uh, Jamal yeah. Williams looks like a great deal. I think they could really give United problems. And, I mean, United are one of those teams that I think everyone knows. If their attack clicks, if their midfield clicks and their defense is okay. Because, um, statistically, their defense actually wasn't bad that last year. And I think that's what's interesting. It's like, I think a goal is conceded. They had the second or third best. But mm-hmm. it's just it, they're not able to control games. Like yeah. as a midfielder, which means that you just leave yourself open to the counter. You leave yourself able to lose games 1-0, which is like yeah. even if you're not conceding a lot of goals, you can still be losing those games. But I think, you know, if their attack clicks, like there's not much that Newcastle can do. But I think Newcastle can definitely offer a pretty substantial disruption. And, yeah. I mean, if, if they lose, if United lose, yeah. that's a whole lot of pressure on that team and the manager. I think Ole's um, out, right? What yeah. do you say? I mean, it'd be pretty tough to, especially, I mean, the big elephant in the room, you know, Pochettino is still on the market. Like, Pochettino yeah. just sitting back, turning on Sky Sports, or I, I don't know if he's in Argentina. Whatever he, wherever he is, just sitting back, watching Newcastle blast some past United and giving his agent a ring. So, yeah. he's polishing up his black suits as we speak. Yeah, do you th- how much do you think Tellez does for this team? How much do you think? I mean, because Luke Shaw gets more shit than even Maguire or Lindelof, yeah. in my opinion, and deservedly so. So a, a dude like Tellez with the attacking ability as well. I don't know how about his defensive game, but if you don't know, if you haven't seen his screamers for Porto, I don't know oh, what, no, where you've been living. Yeah. So not that not that he's gonna get top score, but definitely an upgrade. Uh, do you think that helps at all? I mean, I think it definitely helps. I mean, it definitely creates offensive abilities down their left side um but at the same time it's like you know does that team need another playmaker uh yeah probably not uh i i think it's like you know a signing they needed to make i think left back was obviously a pretty glaring hole center back was also they didn't get one you know tottenham just closed a deal today to get Murdoch yeah. london from uh swansea which i mean you know I, it'll be interesting to see how he goes but then you know they're making all the right moves 
Um, yeah, just two championship teams doing business. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. Long story short, uh, tell us. I mean, I'm, 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 you know, I'm obviously selfishly excited to see them just rip them. I love fullbacks that can just take, you know, free kicks that could yeah. take long shots. But I, you know, how, is he going to be able to handle? the quality of wingers the quality of right backs that are in the premier yeah. league because i think that's gonna be an issue is you know i don't watch porto games except when they're in the champions league but the quality of play in the premier league is you know it's not terrible but it's certainly you don't have to deal with the every single weekend a right wing and a right back that are going to cause you problems like there's not of course like, and like that exists in the premier league like even the worst teams have attacking quality they've got some defensive quality and they all play in a way that now the right backs are always overlapping and it means that left back and right back are respectively some of the hardest positions in today's game because not only do you have all the offensive responsibility that teams are entrusting you now you've also got to deal with like three dudes running at you overlapping and doing it it's like so many teams are now like just lining up with basically five attackers when they've got possession yeah I mean, it's going to yeah. be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Um, well, so what we got, we got some good Sunday games too. Uh, of course, Saturday, I think we'll catch most people eyes with the big teams all playing. Uh, but uh, Spurs, West Ham, I think will be a really good game. West Ham have gone from a team that looked like relegation zone for, to everyone to, jeez, oh, with Ben Benrama as well today. Oh, my uh, God. I, mean, I am so I excited. I am so this, excited this to see Benrama in the Brown. I can't, I can't lie. Uh, the 3-0 thrashing of Leicester uh, right after a 4-0 thrashing of Wolves. I mean, talk about how crazy this Premier League's been, or season's been. Uh, I think I think also the Spurs team, I don't know. I It's definitely because of – uh, the rivalry between our, our two clubs, but I mean, uh, Pete Redknapp was saying he was their underdog to win the. He was uh, Tottenham was his underdog to win the league. I just I, I think the six one thrashing of Man U. Uh, I just highlighted how bad Man U were and the red card. I, I think made such a big deal. I don't. I think this Spurs team. Uh, I think it'll be a good game. I don't think. It's, I, I think honestly, if I had to predict, I'd I'd, I'd predict a tie. Um, to be yeah, honest, I mean. I think what even the neutrals can get excited for is it does look like Gareth Bale is going to play. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I know we don't like Tottenham, but it is so much oh, fun I'm to excited. have yeah, It's so much fun to have that dude in the Premier League. And I know he's not, um, you know, great. <laughs> like, like it, you know, he's no longer what he was when he left. But, man, what an exciting player. And what a, you know, part, you know, a position in that team that, they can definitely improve. You know, they've brought in a backup striker. They've brought in who's quality. They've got brought in, a, you know, a new center back. Tottenham yeah. have made all the right moves in the transfer window, regardless of, you know, how they turn out. Like, you cannot fault. Like, they're clearly ambitious. And I honestly, with the this season in flux, with coronavirus disrupting everything, this might be their best year to go for it. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah. I, I, this game is going to be huge tomorrow. I think it's going to be a real indicator of, how good Tottenham are and how good West Ham are. Yeah, it's true. You know, West Ham's a team that can just kill you on the counter. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that will be, you know, 
you know, Chelsea have experienced it. Wolves experienced it. And with, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if Ben Rama is going to play, but man, I am so excited to have him in the Premier League. That dude is just like made for the YouTube compilations, but also yeah, actually sure, yeah. brings it. Uh, you know, he brings, he brings it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm excited for it too. Uh, and then we got. Leicester against Villa. Uh, can Villa keep up their form, keep up this ridiculous start to the season? Uh, I want to say yes. Uh, and Leicester have looked shaky recently um, with the West Ham game we just told you being their last result. Um, I don't know what to expect from this game. Jesus. Leicester's Leicester so weird. Over, Leicester's so weird. 5-2 five oh, against Man City and then 3-0 loss to West yeah. Ham. So weird. Yeah. So and, I, I so, don't even want it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Wolves leads. Jeez. Oh my god. Yeah, that's the that's that. the game I really want to talk about. Wolves oh leads. Yeah, this game is going to be crazy. Three at the back <laughs> madness against each other. <laughs> Two teams. You know, Wolves are definitely looking to improve on their pretty bad start in their expectations. Yeah. You know, they spent big money. Uh, they were challenging. You know, they really thought of themselves last year as challenging for a Champions League spot, end up not even making the Europa League. Um, and I think this season, they thought that like, this was their season. You know, yeah. there's so much flux at the top of the table. You know, every team is sort of in a period of transition except for Liverpool. Um, and they've really not delivered so far. Leeds yeah. are just like cocaine football. Like, they're just like, you know, every game is insane, just adrenaline pumping. <laughs> like, I want to, like, you know, dedicate my life to the teachings of the church of Marcelo Bielsa after yep. this game because, oh, my God. This, I mean, first of all, go Deeks, Jack Harrison. Second of yep. all. Of course. Like, uh, was that, is that four for four podcast? <laughs> yeah, I think that's four for four. I mean, okay, we got to mention about it. We got to get in it. No hey, more. respect to my guy. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, they just, you know, every ball. It's just full-on charging. And I think, you know, obviously that creates the opportunity for, you know, a player like Adama, a player like Jimenez to get in the spaces that they want him to get, to get, you know, on the ball. But it also means that someone like Jao Moutinho is going to be under so much pressure as soon as they get the ball. And one thing that uh, Wolves do not have, in my opinion, is solid ball-playing center backs. I I know, like – Cody is like solid. I mean, he's a very solid defender. Like, don't get me wrong, but I don't think they're good that good under pressure. And I don't think they've. I mean, they've definitely not played a team like Leeds under Bielsa um, this year. Um, so I, I think this could be a real test for them. I hope Leeds come out with a win because I think you know they they definitely deserve more than they've gotten so far this season. I think they will win. I do think they will win. Wolves have looked shaky. Um, and a one zero win at Fulham is also just really not that impressive right now. So I, I think I think Leeds will win. Um, capping off a pretty ridiculous uh, weekend of football. One that, I, yeah, I think we both said we, we've been looking forward to. Um, I was definitely – the international break just always bums me out, not going to lie. It just yeah. always I, – I notice it. My weekend is definitely different when there's no – uh, Premier League. Um, but quick shout out to our city uh, with the Laker win. Uh, that was that was big for LA. Uh, looks like the Dodgers are not having the same Bro, success. I'm so that mad. Been, I'm I, I so really, mad. I I'm, I was I was always a Yankees fan growing up, so that was also a disappointing loss to the Rays. But then with the Dodgers, 
after that 11 run first inning i was like whoa all right let's let's uh, back we're, we're we're back in this tie um but it looks like it's gonna be a really an uphill battle to say the least in order to get to the world series so uh hope they play tonight chaz is that the game five is tonight yeah damn yeah so hope best of luck to the boys in blue against uh, atlanta Oh, and may the Astros get shat on tonight. I yeah, swear to God, if that team makes the finals again, uh, LA should riot. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, what a, what a, anything else we need to catch up yeah, on? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, I think ideally we do a podcast before the Champions League next weekend because that's going to kick off. True, um, true. So true. we'll try to get the whole group on there for that one. Um, but I think that's it. Uh, you know, great weekend. So couldn't encourage you all to watch it enough. You know, hopefully this is up tonight. So you can, so we can get some listeners before those games. Otherwise, you know, you'll hear us talk about games you've already seen, but that's also fun. Yeah. Uh, as always, follow our new Twitter account, Heads in the Game on Twitter, blog, being updated. Turner's going to have some stuff in the pipeline soon, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it's going to happen. It's growing. The, the media empire it's taken root. Um, so thank you all so much for listening. Turner, thank you as always for being on. Next time we'll get more people on. Um, and yeah, have a great one. Enjoy the weekend of soccer.